Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, Em. Oh, hey. <laughs> Did you not see me here? I'm still thinking about salt and pepper. I'm trying to figure out the other, the next line. Em was just rapping for me. I was, and I forgot a, a line. This it's... is a perfect segue, though, because we just started our own Patreon page, and uh, BTW, there's a lot of cool uh, rewards for all the tiers, and one of them is going to be a blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> a blooper reel each week. You get If, if you donate, you get access to a blooper reel, mm-hmm. and uh, Em's beautiful rapping may or may not make an appearance. Yeah, I was just rapping Salt and Peppa to her, and I didn't know she was recording it, so apparently that's something you guys get to enjoy. You're welcome. If you donate to us. Do you want to explain what a Patreon is? Oh, yeah, is? and also our website. So... <laughs> Wow, Jesus Christ. So we created a website, and it took me about, like, 48 hours of work. So it's <laughs> – I literally have not been doing anything else in my life. So please look at it, if only to, like, make me feel better about how many views we get. <sighs> so we built – okay, so we made a website. It's andthatswhywedrink.com. Um, go check it out. It's pretty cool. There's some little bias of us and some other fun stuff. And then on the support page, uh, it links to our Patreon where you can help, uh, you know, contribute to our – podcast and help us kind of offset some of the costs of audio equipment and merchandise which we're working on yeah hint hint so take a look oh and i don't want to like you know ruin the surprise but geo is sort of involved in the patreon i haven't even told em this wait he is how mm-hmm. there's a prize you'll have to go what's look. the prize well maybe if you looked at the patreon page like our well, listeners I would, my, my wi-fi doesn't work in this apartment so i can't oh, here i'll look. give you my password all right everybody plug your ears Wait, really? I'm just kidding. Oh. Well, I will, but I'm not going to say it on air. Oh, no, I do want your password. Is it Geo? Is Geo involved? <laughs> no. I don't even... No. You're wrong. What is it? All right, we're back after a commercial break. <laughs> Casper mattresses are amazing. They are. Hey, guess what? The password didn't work. Ah, okay, so- pause. All right, Em doesn't know what capital letters mean. Yeah, I fucked up. All right, we're back. And Audible is cool. And this was just a horrible intro. You can listen to books about ghosts. Um, Speaking of ghosts. Yeah. What the? That was so smooth. (laughs) Your segues are incredible today. I've been practicing. I haven't seen Em. She went on a vacation. I did. I went to Nashville. This is the first time we're seeing each other since. So I'm just like really nervous. To look at my face? Yeah. That's the first time a girl has said that in so long. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I went to Nashville, and actually, that is a pretty smooth segue, because I wanted to say something about going to Nashville. Oh. So, uh, first of all, I want to thank all of my friends who were there who have been listening to us, because they drove from Virginia to Tennessee, and it took, like, almost 10 hours, and I guess the whole time they were driving, they were listening That's to us. That's so sweet. And then... The bridesmaids that I hadn't met in the bridal party were all, like, really excited to tell me how they, like, what they thought of it and all that. Oh, my God. So we went on a, it wasn't really, I guess it was a pub crawl. It was, like, a a tour slash pub crawl. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
the tour guide was really into ghosts. She actually was talking about certain hauntings at different cool. places, which wasn't really, I don't think that was part of, supposed to be part of the tour, but she talked about it anyway. And every time she asked if anyone believed in ghosts, everyone in the party just stared at me, expecting me to like <laughs> be like, by the way. And it was also like very LA too, because she kept bringing up different shooting locations for the show Nashville. And oh. I, I happened to work on Nashville. And so every time she brought the show up, everyone looked at me too. Basically, everyone was expecting me to interject You're and just, just take so the stage. Relevant. I'm topical. <laughs> You're so topical. <laughs> and uh, but so at the end, at the last pub, she ended up standing next to us, and uh, she found out that I used to be a, a paranormal investigator. Right. And we were swapping stories, and she ended up ta like talking to me about how she listens to podcasts, and I was like, I have oh. a podcast. And so, uh, her name is Christy. Hey, Christy. And she said that she was going to check us Aww. out and start, uh, throwing our name That's out on other so tours. That's so sweet. We should, uh, make business cards so we can just like. Just throw them to people in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, wait, I have one more thing I have to say about people in Nashville. Um, so we've been getting a lot of fans and I have been either professionally or not professionally adding them on, <laughs> <laughs> on our social media. And, uh, someone well, uh, her name is, I'm going to mess it up. Brianna, 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 Brianna. Anyway, she lives in Nashville and she's a fan of ours. And I Snapchatted her. She added me on Snapchat. And so I added her back and I took a picture and I was like, Hey, I don't know you, but I have no idea what we should do while we're in Nashville. So could you give me some options? That's so cute. And she actually helped out a lot. We went to a couple places she talked about. So if she's listening, Aww. thank you for the Thank you for the help while I was in Tennessee. That is beyond. How was your weekend while I was gone? It was just really awful, Em, without you. I know. I just have to say something real quick. Mm hmm So I just told Em this, but my, so you know March Madness, I don't know if anybody like pays any attention. I guess some people really care and some people don't care at all. I'm one of those And I, I don't usually care, but like my boyfriend's family does a bracket or like a league every year. So I, I was like, I'll just throw a bracket in. And somehow, I don't know what's happening, but his dad called this morning and was like, um, what is happening with Christine's bracket? And we were like, what do you mean? And we looked at it and I guess I'm in the hundredth percentile of all brackets <laughs> on ESPN. Like I was in 99.9% .9 now I'm at a hundred percent. And I just looked and my boyfriend texted me like, look at your bracket. And I guess, so there are 13 million brackets out there on oh ESPN gosh. this year. And I'm ranked 1,827. <laughs> and I guess the prize is like a trip to Hawaii. So I'm like, oh shit. Oh, cool. So I suddenly care about basketball. So that's fun for me. That's awesome. But I just mostly, I just really enjoy that. His family, his dad works at ESPN, so they're, like, super into all this, and, like, I always come in, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, and then I beat everybody. You know, you're every, like, sports fanatic's nightmare, because they would kill to be in your bracket right now. Yeah, I know. You're, like, that girlfriend that plays video games once with their boyfriend and wins, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. So, I, anyway, I just thought that was a weird fun fact that'll probably never happen again, so I want to, like relish this hundred percentile moment for You're like such an athlete wow i just don't even know what i'm doing so anyway that's all uh boring sports aside this is not a sports podcast thank god <laughs> <laughs> can uh, you imagine i would rather run off a cliff well are we gonna talk about why we drink we can do that after the fact i'm just drinking because of this like i'm just suddenly have anxiety about basketball <laughs> so uh i'm drinking for a couple of reasons but i mean i always am I was going to say, what else is new? <laughs> no, I'm currently getting over a cold that I developed in Nashville. Sad. Um, I'm, oh, by the way, I would like to give a shout out to the real wild woman of Nashville, uh, the MVP, my mother. Yeah, who, Linda! <laughs> at the pub crawl, she was the only one who uh, ended up toppling over and she broke her finger. What? <laughs> I know. I'm, that sounds awfully painful. Everyone else could hold their liquor except poor Linda. Linda parties hard. She actually really wasn't that drunk. She just fell. Oh, one time my mom fell off a porch backwards uh -huh. and into the bushes and everyone thought she had died, but she was fine. Jesus. But she was on the chair and then I guess the, the wood like broke underneath her. So she just went like completely toppling backwards off into the front yard, like off of our, off oh, of our patio no. thing. Yeah. My mom and I have an affinity for being really clumsy. Yeah. Like we can just be standing and find a way to get a concussion. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We were both, uh, when we were in Nashville, we were talking about 
uh, different ways that we've both broken our ass bone multiple times. Oh, it, <laughs> that was that was a good conversation we had together. My mom's broken her nose like three times. Ooh, it's just we're really good at falling. It's gonna hurt. Anyway, here are my um, facts for you. Okay. I'm going to tell you the milkshake one because it's less interesting than the alcohol one. Um, you're not supposed to tell people who are listening that what you're about to say is not interesting. It's interesting. I just think we're going to have a, a better conversation about your fact because I'm pretty sure the fact is about you. Oh, probably. Uh, actually, it is kind of interesting. I was being too negative. Nearly half of the milkshakes that are bought are in the early morning by people who are commuting to work. Are you serious? Yeah. What the hell? I would have literally never guessed no. that. No. I've never met anyone who's like, you know what I need? A good milkshake I'm for breakfast. I'm so tired. I just need... Well, because I would think that's like heavy and you're already... Yes. You know you're going to have a sugar crash and it will be like nine exactly. in the morning. <laughs> that, like, it just seems like so much dairy. I agree with you. I'm not... Wow. I'm just... That's shocking. I just can't believe 50% of milkshakes that are purchased are that early on. Maybe it's like the frappes, like the coffee frappes that count as a milkshake. Oh, uh, maybe? maybe. I don't know. That's crazy, though. Ready for your alcohol fact? Oh, man. Starring you. So ready. It's not actually wine. I'm just going to go with alcohol today. Okay. I, I'm down with that. This was the title of an actual news article. Uh, a woman, you. Me. <laughs> that's Presu- it. Presumably. <laughs> A woman chugged an entire $200 bottle of <gasps> cognac rather than give it to airport security. Oh, my God. So a line, she just went glug, glug, glug. And what a hero. Well, it's funny you say that because the picture I'm looking at says not all heroes wear capes. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, you're what not a wrong. fucking hero. I don't even know what cognac tastes like but i can guarantee you i wouldn't do that no i don't know how she did that but if it's a 200 hundred dollar bottle i guess you can you imagine what that plane ride was like but like oh i was gonna say they can oh yeah true <laughs> she was hammered she's fizzucked she's probably vomiting cognac on everyone true also you're right because i was gonna say oh can't they ship it for you but it's but like it's liquid it's it's there's more than the alcohol certain... you can't like mail alcohol oh yeah it's alcohol <laughs> i was just thinking I liquid it's like it's glass but you could protect it with bubble wrap oh wait it's literal cognac but that is crazy what the fuck anyway airport security facts. was like damn it we thought we had a 200 dollars bottle of <laughs> cognac on our hands one time i was going to visit my uh family for thanksgiving and i thought oh if i bring them some cool props from the mm. studio then you know that would maybe they'll finally love me maybe didn't work did it it didn't because tsa took them away (laughs) so now they have all these cool movie props no they just throw it in a bucket and then i guess put it in the trash but it was like a it was like a giant jug of fake blood i can't even imagine what they (laughs) thought what is wrong with you (laughs) they just saw a giant jug of blood what is wrong what is wrong with you trying to travel with that i don't know but i like to think i gave them a good story probably yeah um that's funny are you sure you really didn't sound one time tell me something interesting so i can be like wow that's That's funny so interesting um (laughs) what are you drinking oh oh i'm drinking uh a robert mondavi cabernet and actually you were right i was wrong you know more about me than i know about myself i know because i (laughs) like duh casually i don't even know what you're talking about but <laughs> well, i believe i went you. on this wine safari last weekend and there were zebras and giraffes and it was basically and water buffalo and it was basically the only thing that i've ever like and wine and like you just carried was, a glass of wine around no, while you like pet zebras a vineyard so you like did the tour it was a hike and then at the oh. end they like gave you wine so it was like zebras and water buffalo it was so freaking cool so anyway uh, I was drinking all the wines and i'm like god this red wine is so good what is it and they're like it's a cabernet and then over the week i was like you know what? I had this revelation that Cabernets are my favorite, not Pir- Pinot Noir oh. or Shiraz. But you said one day that Cabs were my favorite, and I was like, you're wrong. But, um, alas. I know. I know. I know. What are you drinking? I remembered this time. Because <laughs> I literally just held it up in your face. Actually, you know why? Because I bought it for you today. You did. You <laughs> did buy me my milkshake. Um, no, I was in a bit of a time crunch, so I texted Christine and asked her to buy it for me. So it's just chocolate, but it's very good. House of pies, baby. It tastes free. Oh, good. Well, that Venmo you got uh, says otherwise. I mean, it's still currently free. I haven't Venmoed you yet. That is, that is true. You have not. So currently tastes really good. I'll just like take, I'll just siphon money from our Patreon page into my own bank account. Yeah, guys, if you want to buy me a milkshake, 
You just oh yeah, there's two teams, Team Wine and Team Milkshake. So Em and I are gonna see who. Uh... So wait, what is this about? So there's there's multiple levels of how they can donate, right? Correct? So there are tiers of like where you can donate, and the lowest level there's a two dollar Team Wine and a two dollar Team Milkshake, and mm-hmm. if you can pick which one you're on, so you're either fueling one of our bad habits, uh-huh. Uh-huh, and, uh huh, and then you get like a monthly shout out on the podcast if you donate, and then the five dollar one. Yeah. It's the sassy the clown level. God damn it, Christine. <laughs> it I thought we up. were a team. Um, all right. Anyway, can you, we talk about things that are haunted? God, and- yes. This is nobody needs any more of whatever's <laughs> happening. Although I do have to pause for another um, Casper slash Audible slash oh shit. What's another one? Um, uh, oh, Nature Bars. Nature Box. Nature Box. Nature Bars. Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Dot com. Because I have to get some wine. Bye. okay and we're back uh folks after that blue apron commercial okay um okay i want everyone to know that uh i haven't even told the story yet and christine's lips are purple oh fuck (laughs) it's just because the air is really dry right yeah of course Uh also Gio is currently sleeping right next to me and he's so cute he actually looks like a little angel he's a little baby bunny okay so this is the story of the Sally house. Someone, I was going to send you because someone requested that. Wait, really? Yeah, a couple days ago. Oh, shit, let me look who it is. You, did, you don't ever update me. I well, they always... just sent it and I responded today <sighs> and I wrote it on the list like M. Is request. it on the board? No. Oh, I, interesting. There's only a to-do list on the board now. It Wait, says, you erase all of our shit? Oil change. God, <laughs> Christine, <laughs> I can't trust you taxes. with anything. <laughs> Okay, wait. At RP Memoirs requested the Sally House oh. and said it freaks him out. And so I didn't know well, what it he's was. he's in for a treat. And I'm excited because I've never heard of it. Okay, well, me either. Um, so the Sally House is located in Atchison, Kansas. Oh. If I'm saying that right. Uh, it's 508 North 2nd Street, in case anyone in Kansas listens to us, which last I checked was not many. Four, <laughs> like four people. <laughs> By the way, if anyone listening to us knows anyone in South Dakota, can you kick their ass and tell them to start listening to us? We have no listeners in South Dakota. Literally nobody. Like, we even have Alaska, Hawaii now. North Dakota, too. The Dakotas really are just on our fans. All right. Well, anyway, that's just something that needed to be addressed. So the house is in Kansas, and it was originally constructed in the 1860s for the Finney family. Hmm. The patriarch of that family, his name was Michael Finney, and he was a doctor and he ran the practice in his home. So the lower half of the house oh. was his operation room and his exam room. How and weird. Just the practice in general. And then upstairs, they lived in the house. So one day, this little girl comes in who's around six, and she gets rushed in by her mom with severe stomach pains. And uh, Dr. Finney says that she has appendicitis and needs emergency surgery or else it'll rupture and she'll die. So he really does not have much time to waste. And... Uh, realizes that she's like really about to die and cannot wait for the anesthetic to kick in. No! Yuck. (laughs) So he begins performing uh, the surgery on her while she's still awake. There's another version of this where she saw the medical tools and freaked out. And so he never got to give her any anesthetic. And so just like just perform the surgery without it. There was another version where he kind of gave her anesthetic and it was starting to work, but he didn't wait long enough. It was very So either way, mixed. it's just awful. No matter what, he performed an, an appendix removal on her while she was That's conscious. That's my biggest fear in life. So I don't know if she bled out on the oh, table or if fuck. he did it wrong, but it was basically a botched oh, surgery. Oh, God. And she died on the table. I'm like cringing. I, can you imagine if you time traveled into the 1800s and then needed immediate surgery? And like you, you, you had a fucked. toothache, like, you're, <laughs> you know, you're done for. Free cocaine, though. Just, that is true. Yeah. All right. I'm not condoning that I do cocaine. I'm just saying I like the option. You just got to consider the pros and cons. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So after that, after the girl died, um, oh, we don't know her name, but we, as far as I know, some say that. Her name was Sally. Some say that they just named her Sally. Oh. Um, Hence the Sally house. Okay. Uh, The doctor and all the family lived in the house 
uh, ancestor after ancestor until about the 1940s. And then the house was sold to multiple families, although many of them did not stay in the house for very long because of weird activity. Mm. Um, many people were waking up with cuts and bruises, and some were even found with burnt finger marks in their skin. And uh, one thing to take note of is that most of the people that got hurt in this house were all men. Oh. And so there's a rumor that it it's Sally's ghost trying to fight off the doctor. And so she's oh, fighting off whatever grown man she sees. Heartbreaking. So the family that's worth focusing on is Tony and Deborah Pickman, who moved into the house in the early nineties. Uh, it started out as little pranks around the house. Um, so there were, which to me, it sounds more poltergeisty than pranky. Uh, there were pictures that would be found hanging upside down. Oh, that's creepy. Which to me says poltergeist. No, that's creepy. And get the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, lights would dim and brighten on their own. Appliances would turn off and on by themselves. Um, one night the, a couple, the couple came home, uh, and found all of their kids' toys arranged in a circle. Oh my God. And I was like, fuck that. Um, okay. So in 1993, the Pickman's bought the ghost a doll uh what i guess because is that a thing it said that she played a lot with the with the son that the couple had uh-huh and so i guess as a gift for being kind or for uh, not hurting him uh they bought her her own doll her own uh, baby doll okay so they wrapped it and put it in a box and left it on the floor and it didn't get touched for weeks and then one day the mom goes in there and the doll is lying next to the box, but the box has been untouched. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, it started to get worse after that, which I can't imagine why when you're like actively encouraging it and enabling right. it and giving it gifts. Um, their dog started to growl at nothing, especially in the nursery. Ugh. Uh, random fires would break out in the house. What? And then they would extinguish themselves. Ew, that's so creepy. I know. Um, also, the op where the operating room was downstairs, it would always be cold. And objects would visibly move in front of you. And the husband often would, like, he would move and you would see that there were scratches on him that came out of nowhere. Um, but, again, it never attacked the baby or the wife. It was just always directed at the husband. So, I guess the entity got worse um or just got more violent and uh so the husband was originally getting attacked but now the little scratches were turning into long claw marks Ugh. and um they would appear on his stomach on his chest and on his shoulders uh and they looked like i guess animal claws like oh. demon kind of claws um he also started getting possessed oh my god where after he would take deep sleeps he would wake up in the middle of his deep sleep look at his wife and say things to her in a voice that wasn't his mm -mm. and then would fall back asleep. And when he woke up, he wouldn't remember anything he did. So one of the times he fell asleep uh, on the couch and then walked over to his wife and said, he is mine. And a voice oh that my wasn't God. his. I just got chills. And, uh, so that's where that was. Like, I guess that was a turning point for them that they were like, all right, we need to get investigated, which once again, why don't you fucking move? Literally. The second any toys were moved around. The second house, I go into anywhere and multiple objects are in a circle uh -huh. where I didn't leave them, I'm out. Are the pictures upside down? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I ever saw oh, if I ever saw a picture upside down. It like gives me <laughs> hives just to even think about well, it. Well, that makes me think of Amityville when the crucifix on the wall turned it, upside down. That's exactly what like, I thought of. Literally, that could not be more of a sign. It sounds demonic. Yeah. Yes. And, uh... So the family starts making reports and the house is investigated several times. Uh, among those who investigated are several TV networks. Um, so the first one in the early 90s, there was a TV show called Sightings. Sight? Mm. Yeah, Sightings. And uh, then the A&E channel, the Travel channel, the History channel, the Discovery channel, and uh, the Sci-Fi channel, which my father and stepmother lovingly call Siffy. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Paramount Pictures, uh, which actually created a TV movie called Heartland Ghost. Jeez. Heartland Ghost. 
Uh, and then numerous psychics came in, including Barbara Connor and Peter James, who are both pretty famous mm-hmm. in the medium world. And then there were also segments on KQ2 News in, I think, Missouri. And the Channel 2 for... The Channel 2, Christ. The Channel 4 News <laughs> in Kansas City. So it's been well documented. Yeah. Um, and I guess Paramount Pictures, when they did the TV movie version, they came in and stayed a night just so they could take pictures of the whole um, house and everything so they could get it right on in the movie. Damn. Uh, so all of the investigators that went in there and all the TV shows that took pictures and stuff, they all walked away having some sort of paranormal evidence. Really? So there were, um, they said there was a little girl and a grown woman, which, and other rumors of, other versions of the story say that there was also a grown woman, and apparently the grown woman was much more evil and violent than the little girl. So some say that the little girl is just warning you when the oh. evil old woman is there. Oh my god. Some say that there isn't an old woman and Sally is just... A poltergeist. I really want to close my blinds. I'm so creeped out. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Something about this really creeps me out. Okay, so, okay, we'll just call out Rose's name. Maybe she'll throw a record or something. <laughs> um, so uh, all the investigators walked away with either uh, audio recordings or photographs um, or EVPs of contact with someone. <coughs> Uh, they also used a Ouija board, a.k.a. my arch nemesis. We'll never touch. My best friend. Uh, yeah. Wine's your best friend. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> they used all of those things in the technical paranormal world, but then mediums also came in and used things like crystals and pendants and stones. and did, Basically, any way you could contact mm-hmm. something in this house has been tried and has gotten results. So my other question is, for skeptics out there, why don't you go spend a night? Don't be a little bitch about it. Yeah. Yeah. So the cool thing about this house being so heavily active is because it's given its frequent amount of activity, a lot of investigators will go there as a practice house for investigations Oh, and they'll use it kind of, it's kind of been deemed a paranormal lab where they can test out, Shit. um, they can test out equipment and if it works there, there's a chance it will work somewhere else. Wow. Um, also I couldn't find any information on this. So if anyone wants to tweet out to me and lay down some knowledge, um, the living room, there's a video that I saw that I really liked on YouTube when I was researching this where someone did a whole house tour Mm -hmm. and when they were walking through the living room, uh, they said, and here we are in the room known as the gateway to hell. I know, what? which sounds super interesting to me, but I looked it up and couldn't find anything about Gateway to Who Hell. Who posted the YouTube video? Um, I'm pretty sure it was on the Sally House website. Oh. Or no, the the city that this is in, Atchison, Kansas, has uh-huh. its own website just for all the haunted shit in there. Oh my God. And I think they posted a video. If you type in like Sally House tour on YouTube, I'm sure you'll find it. It was only like a minute long, but they walked past it and said, here's the Gateway to Hell. And I was like, out of all of my research, how did I not yeah. find anything about that? Seems slightly important. So anyway, I there was there was another um, like a Reddit user because I tried looking it up, you know, in Reddit because someone's bound to have written they, about it. Yeah, <laughs> they said something about at one point investigators went down to the basement and found a false wall and broke it down with a medium there. Holy shit! And the medium said that it when you opened it up, it was just like a giant black hole, and he felt like a hundred spirits hit him in the face and one of them said he was beelzebub which is uh, like that's not okay a prince of darkness <laughs> that reminds me of the jail story where the guy right took, right opened the jail cell yeah and he unlocked the the lock on it the yeah the... so something like that that was the close and so it was basically a paranormal lab where they would try out a whole bunch mm-hmm. of cool stuff uh the devices um but i'm guessing i don't really have to read this cause i can just kind of mention them but The devices that they used were basically to check um, electromagnetic fields and um, temperature drops, and they were taking pictures. I think they just left cameras running in every area. Um, One of the things that the husband uh, uh, reported was that he always knew when he was about to get attacked because he could feel the temperature drop in the room. So they made sure the husband came with them when they did all these investigations, and when the temperature dropped... They would film him and they got like they showed the back his back 
and you could see like a normal back and then if you kind of do like a time lapse all of a sudden scratches would just show oh, up on no. his back which i thought was super cool it's... and they would go away like overnight that's so creepy also a very creepy thing about this was throughout the house in the middle of the night if you woke up you would see horseshoe um like print like horseshoe prints like someone was walking around the house and it would be like i guess the well, like a horse was walking around well, like in theory like the devil or something oh. has like hooved feet i, thought you meant like a I don't horse. Really, i haven't met the devil yet so i'm not too sure what he is all right i'm literally like. doing the sign of cross i don't like this conversation <laughs> but it's it's like there's like something with hooven feet are walking around i can't believe that was a horse but okay <laughs> clippity clop i thought maybe like because they lived in the 1860s they had a horse in the oh house. yeah like a cowboy just fucking wanders through at night like go home cow i can't i can't handle you okay <laughs> this now, is, i'm being boy. <laughs> all right i'm being you in the episode of uh the hinter kaifik murders where you kept being like horses like oh, hey because you're like, syndrome is coming yeah, out because you were uncomfortable my palms are sweating like crazy and i just can't deal so i'm trying to like lighten the mood with my really unfunny humor you're like literally she's looking around like something with a hoof is gonna come out. i'm her. sweating like a madman okay let me just finish my story christine okay. okay so uh beyond the scratches in his back they also found a bunch of burn marks on him a bunch of um cuts on him and the people that were with him also all got burns and cuts on them just from being there i can't believe he agreed to go back and do this with i think he was like look i just want someone to I just want someone to know that this is going on. So he was like, I've been scratched and burned before. I can do it again if it means you'll figure it out. Yeah. The, here are some of the regular things that happened in this house while the, uh, while the Pikmins lived there. Uh, voices inside the house. Oh, I'm sorry. Inside the fucking walls. (laughs) (laughs) Um, banging on the other side of the walls to be like, help me get out uh flying objects things disappearing and then turning up in weird places full-bodied apparitions male and female um How weird they've been seen they've been photographed and if you try to follow them they'll like run into the walls or disappear in front of you phantom furniture which i think that means furniture that just goes a, like a mirage like yeah like you try and sit on it and it's not there it's like a wingback chair and then it goes away like you just look at it and you're like i didn't buy that and <laughs> Anyway, apparently furniture's on it too, y'all. Okay, <laughs> sounds of strange animals and human voices coming from nowhere. Strange animals? Ew. I don't know. Unexplained fires that pop up and then suddenly self-extinguish. Um, witness accounts uh, include a surprisingly large amount of EVPs, which is electronic voice phenomena, um, which I will get to in a second. Uh so they got a lot of EVPs recorded of strange voices from men, women, and children, sometimes individually, sometimes all at once. Um, and then there were also strange smells emanating from different areas of the house. Ooh. Also, cameras, videos, and equip- like investigative equipment in general would all just stop working, even if their batteries were brand new, um, which is a very regular thing. Um, uh, what else? Oh, and visitors would experience moving objects in front of them as well as being scratched or bruised and mysterious uh, fluctuation changes from like 100 degrees to 30. Um, one group of investigators all went in and within 20 minutes had to leave because one of them all of a sudden got really angry and had this episode where he wasn't acting like himself. And everyone around him got crazy anxiety and chest pains, and they could hear growls coming from the floor. What the fuck? Then someone who decided to stay watched the curtains catch on fire. And then when he turned around to point at them to be like, guys, the curtains are on fucking fire, they were they were back to normal. <gasps> so the last thing I'm going to tell you is when I saw that they got a lot of EVPs um, of Sally or whatever spirits were there... I was like, oh, well, I kind of want to know what they probably said. Sure. I just saved a couple of them. Oh, my because... God. Um, I, like... All right, calm down. This is the last thing I got to say. I'm freaking out. They're not really as bad as I think you're thinking they are. Okay. Um, I just grabbed a couple because some of them didn't make too much sense. One was, like, talking about someone named Tommy, which I didn't... Just didn't seem very relevant. <laughs> so. Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, but... So, some of the EVPs they picked up of a little girl voice during investigations was a girl saying 
nice to be safe. Another was no tomorrow. One said, I know you. Uh, one said maggots in a <gasps> growl. <laughs> one said good night. Another time there was a gargle and they played it backwards and said maggots again. And then <laughs> this one's kind of fucked up. Uh, you could play it forwards or backwards and it will say the same thing. And the EVP said, God picked the wrong time. Emily. The Sally house. This story is for some reason is fucking you up. Like my arm, look at my arm. I'm like freaking out. I don't know why. I think it's because we didn't meet last week. So you, 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 <laughs> maybe you lost your, you lost your spine on this. I had a false <laughs> sense of security. I know. <laughs> I, well, and also, like, my biggest fear, like, one of those deep-seated, like, since childhood fears is, like, waking up during surgery or something. Like, that's my true biggest yeah. fear is, like, the anesthesia not working or, like, you wake up and you can't move or, like, or, like the surgeons don't know you're awake. It's, like, my biggest fear. So hearing that and then the little girl who died. Oh. Like, I would fucking haunt him, too. Yeah. <sighs> I would. Jeez. You know, at least she got a couple movie deals out of it. That's so creepy. Okay. The end. So anyway. So what well, Rance was his name? Well, uh his name was RP Memoirs. Okay, RP Memoirs. Uh let me know how I did. And by her she means me because I'm the one who checks the Twitter account, so I'll tell her. Yeah, we get it. Christine, you do everything for us. I <laughs> <laughs> Well deserved, I might add. <laughs> No, uh, I'm just everyone really needs to go give Christine a shout out because she really does. No, no, no. She does everything for us. Like she does the social media. She just made a website. I I just come to the party and crack (laughs) some jokes. Um, You literally made our, you came up with the idea for the podcast. You made our logo. You're not wrong. I'm the reason we have a podcast. Now you do the dirty work. Exactly. Without you, nothing would happen. Okay. 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 Here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready to listen. Um, okay, so I feel like the last, I feel like the last couple episodes, or the last couple stories I did, uh, were, were fucking dark. You're right. We're like really messed up. So I decided to kind of lighten the mood and I'm doing with a one. happy murder. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm going to lighten the mood with a different kind of killing. I mean, someone always dies, right? So <laughs> I guess, well, the abductions, nobody died, but they were still just as creepy. Okay. What so, are you going to do? Okay. Today? So in honor of St. Patty's day, which I know is over even now when we're recording and we'll definitely be way over. Wow. Blaze told me to use that as a segue. It didn't. (laughs) Thanks, Blaze. (laughs) He tried. It's okay. Well, it's it's currently already like past St. Patrick's Day. That's right. Like a whole week. So basically, if this comes out in May, (laughs) (laughs) it's only two weeks after. When when it comes out, it'll be two weeks after St. Patty's. But so Blaze actually suggested this to me, um, and it's actually a crazy story. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to do the story of Michael Malloy. Do you know it? Mm-mm. Good. Mike, his, <laughs> his other names are Mike the Durable or Iron Mike. Nope. I have not heard of this. Good. Because this guy is about to be your hero. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I always knew my hero would be a murderer. He's not a murderer. Oh. That's the twist. Wait, then what the, this podcast is about true crime. Yeah. He gets murdered. Aww. Okay. okay now we're just anyway. ruining the whole point <laughs> okay. of the story. Okay. <clears throat> oh. Guess what, guys? We got our first Patreon supporter. Woo! I know we just started recording and announced that we have it, but uh, Jory. 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 Yori. Yori. Hori. No, that's fucked up. Emily. <laughs> I didn't don't talk that. to her that way. I just meant like, like the. Uh, that I'm sorry. Girl, thank you for supporting us. This is your first shout out, and you're the only one. She's gonna hear what I just said and be like, "Fuck that!" She's and- like removing her donation. <laughs> How much, how much can I ask her? Is that like, like enough? Like good? Like something? What? I don't know. What are you saying? I'm very, I'm just. What are you asking her? How much did she donate? Oh, $5 a month, baby. Holy crap. That means our blooper reel is going out next week. Wow. Wow. She is. Thank oh, you. I know. She's, I'm literally losing my mind over it. That I was started awesome. yelling when I got the email. So thank you, Jory. We are so, so, so excited. We and need, we need to find a way to thank them oh i thought you said we need money i was like yes oh well <laughs> we're very wealthy we're 20 somethings in los angeles we need money uh trying to make it in the arts i know so. 
with the master's degrees that we have quote the dream <laughs> which we haven't paid off yet the dream slash the nightmare okay so student loans okay please tell me all about your murderer who isn't actually a murderer people this is <clears throat> emily's hero his name is i still don't know why his name you'll find out his name is michael malloy and okay picture this 1932 new york mm-hmm. probably smells bad i don't know sure but they're in a speakeasy oh which okay. is pretty cool right uh so there there are these three 20 something dudes uh they're hanging out and drinking uh their names are francis pasqua daniel kreisberg and tony marino and tony marino is the one who owned the speakeasy so they were all hanging out in this bar and tony marino is telling his friends my speakeasy is losing money i'm gonna go bankrupt i don't know what to do i need to find a way to make some cash and they're drinking and the one one of his friends francis pasqua uh notices uh this irish guy who's sitting next to them named michael malloy and they know him pretty well because he always comes to the bar he's a regular and by that i mean he showed up literally every morning and would end up passing out on the floor hours later he was there he's irish he's irish he's a drunk he's there every single day uh without fail so no one knew really anything about him except that he's from ireland um he had no friends or family he didn't even have a definitive birth date but he looks to be around 60 he didn't even do anything for a living um sometimes he would like sweep alleys or take out garbage for like uh you know some extra money but instead of money he was usually paid in alcohol which Mm. i don't know something you would like to fit in your wallet yes thank you i I'm glad we both yeah. went there. <laughs> if only paychecks came in bottles. You know? <laughs> they do. Now that Patreon is. <laughs> just I'm just kidding. Please help us. <laughs> SOS. This is a cry for help. <laughs> anyway. So. Da, da, da. So his friend Pan- uh, Francis Pasqua kind of like looked over at this guy who was there as usual. Um, and this guy Francis Pasqua was an undertaker by trade. And, uh, he, so he looked at, uh, Michael Malloy and he was like, I have an idea. And the thing with Michael Malloy was that he was a regular at the bar, but he never paid for anything because he didn't have a job and he didn't have any money. Um, and so basically he was drinking on credit and he never paid his tab back. So he was basically just losing money for the bar. So this Francis Pasqua suggested that they take out uh, a life insurance policy on Michael Malloy. Mm-hmm. And they were like, he's going to kill himself anyway the rate he's going we might right. as well like cash out on it um fucked up but smart yeah exactly so it's kind of like i guess that makes sense but also it's what? like you are an entrepreneur right yeah <laughs> yeah but also like a murderer like in the 30s that that deserves an mba yeah I think. i'll give you a couple of snaps for that yeah. uh so yeah an mba yeah that's right uh anyway <laughs> <laughs> sorry I thought you said NBA, like basketball, and I'm like, you I'm deserve just one nod. basketball. I was like, that makes sense, Em. <laughs> uh, anyway, we've determined I don't know anything about basketball. Okay, so they were like, so basically, what he said to his friends was, "Let's take out an insurance policy," and then he said, "Quote: I could take care of the rest." Apparently, he, Pasqua had done this before. Uh, the year before, he had befriended a homeless woman named mabel and he convinced her to take out a two thousand dollar life insurance policy with him as a beneficiary Mm. i know and then on a like freezing cold night he force fed her alcohol stripped off her clothing doused her sheets and mattress with ice water pushed the bed beneath an open window and she died obviously so the medical examiner listed the cause of death as bronchial pneumonia so he collected the money because he was like oh she was my friend i was on the life insurance policy and he collected two thousand dollars so he was like oh we got this this is an easy one yeah Hmm. so they all got on board with his plan um and i mean basically this guy didn't know anybody and he was an alcoholic basically drinking himself to death um what they did was pasqua paid an acquaintance of his to accompany him to the life insurance meetings um, and they made up a person named Nicholas Mallory. So he brought his friend and his friend said, oh, I'm Nicholas Mallory and I want to set up a life insurance policy where this guy, Francis Pasqua, gets my money if I mm-hmm. die. So they went to three different companies and they ended up getting um, a three thousand total $3,576 in policies, which today is 54000 on this fake Nicholas Mallory. And the plan was that once Michael Malloy died, everyone in the bar would identify this guy as nicholas mallory mm. and then he would get the money for gotcha. it 
Um, so they, t- like, the press ended up calling this group, it was, like, this group who had this plan, and... Like, a whole group of people wanted to do this to him. Yeah, and it kept growing, Fuck. that's the crazy thing. There were four, or there were three, mm-hmm. and then they started adding people. So, anyway... So mean! It's horrible. It really is. Well, how is this guy my hero? You'll find out. So, okay. <laughs> so this group, the press ended up calling them later the Murder Trust. Um... Oh. I know. Like the pregnancy pact, but for boys. <laughs> but, but the boy version. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Edward, so there was, okay, you know how we talked about how all these old-timey criminals have these ridiculous names? I love it. I know. So there was Tell me. Edward Tinier Smith, who actually had an artificial ear made of wax, and then I just put a bunch of question marks. So wait, is it Tinier or Tiny Ear? They called him Tin Ear, even though Oh, his, Tin Ear, because yeah, it's made of tin. No, it was made of wax. The fuck? I know, but they called him Tin Ear. I don't know. You couldn't just call him wax ear? Exactly. Although that sounds kind of gross, like wax. Ear a wax. tin ear also sounds pretty <laughs> fucking gross, Christine. And then the other one was named Tough Tony Bastone. Oh, I want to be him. He sounds like he's out a West Side Story. <laughs> he sounds like he's like the bad guy in Newsies. Yeah. <laughs> and then John McNally, who didn't get a nickname. Uh, so. Well, he so. probably wasn't worth it. No. So anyway, in December of 1932, they all gathered together and they were like, let's start this plot tonight. So Malloy... And then the Newsies guys went... They started snapping. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Tough Tony. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The end. It was a musical, actually. (laughs) This would be a fun musical. I'm going to write it. Okay. Trademark. Don't steal it. My idea. Cool. (laughs) So anyway, so they decided to start their plot... Um, it was December of 1932 and Molloy showed up at the bar. Surprise, surprise. And Tony Marino, who owned the bar was like, Oh, I'm going to give you just like an open-ended tab. And, um, obviously Michael Molloy was pumped. So they basically started feeding him all these shots and they were like, Oh, if we give him an open tab, he will drink and drink and drink. Um, they had a quote later from a witness who said, quote, Molloy had been a hard drinker all his life and he drank on and on. Um, and that Marino poured so many shots that his arm was tired oh fuck yeah he was like i just keep pouring shots wow uh but somehow he like was totally steady he was fine um after i don't know how many shots but several hours of him just taking shots jesus yeah he dragged a sleeve across his mouth thanked the host uh, marino for his hospitality and said he'd be back soon and he was back the next morning <laughs> so far this guy sounds like your hero <laughs> maybe i'm projecting <laughs> i think you might be he probably is my hero uh so he came back for three days in a row where they like just pounded him with alcohol and they were like he has to like have a he limit he has to die eventually <laughs> he has to die <laughs> and i guess okay this i found a smithsonian article and they said uh, Molloy came back for three days, quote, pausing only long enough to eat a complimentary sardine sandwich. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wow. That's... So, again, he is my hero. This just sounds like one giant frat house initiation. <laughs> eat these sardines, man. He has to die eventually. Eat the sardines. <laughs> Apparently on the fourth day, he came in and yelled, quote, boy, ain't I got a thirst? <laughs> Yeah, sir. You just might. (laughs) Maybe so. I think you're onto something, guy. (laughs) That's quite a hunch. (laughs) So they were pissed and they were like, I wrote, they wanted him to die at ASAP. (laughs) So Tough Tony suggested they shoot him in the head. Sounds like Tough Tony. Classic Tough Tony. (laughs) Classic Tough Tony. Uh, And then they decided to come up with a more subtle way of killing him by exchanging his whiskey and gin with shots of wood alcohol, a.k.a. antifreeze. Fuck! So, apparently at the time, there was a lot of tainted alcohol that had gone around, and by 1929, more than 50,000 people in the U.S. had died from alcohol tainted with this, like, early antifreeze. It was Mm -hmm. wood alcohol. And if you drank a drink with just 4% wood alcohol in it, you would go blind. Holy so crap instead of tainting his booze with antifreeze they gave him literal shots <gasps> of antifreeze oh if he survives this i'm not gonna know what you want me to do <laughs> so they went to a nearby paint shop bought several pints of wood alcohol and started they gave him a few shots of whiskey to get him like loosened up and then they started replacing it with wood alcohol you're just weaning it into the whiskey until it's nothing but wood alcohol. exactly so when he was drunk enough they just started changing or feeding him wood alcohol and i guess he <laughs> He downed several shots. He kept asking for more, displayed no physical symptoms other than those of inebriation. He Um, sounds like the cat from It's Always Sunny, 
that like was born in a gasoline puddle right. and like, <laughs> just, just survived every just type like, of i'm immune to any yeah <laughs> exactly any form of alcohol so basically he just drank literally everything they gave him and then asked for more and they were like enough like we've fed you all our antifreeze um <laughs> then they tried turpentine then they tried horse liniment. then they tried horse liniment i don't even know what that is i looked it up i guess it's this like powerful thing they use on horses when they have joint pain and it's supposed to like ease joint pain now they use it on people to like kill them no no it's just like a cream and you put oh. it on to like ease muscle pain and joint oh pain. oh it's like a topic that you put you it, right okay it's like you a, put it on your skin but not it's for in your horses body. so it's like really strong so they just like gave him shots of that um and then finally they gave him rat poison and this <laughs> this is like real that okay so night after night this whole thing happened over and over again and he was drinking shots of wood alcohol it's like he had had so much alcohol in his irish life <laughs> that it was burning away yeah. any of the chemicals that could have killed him his blood was just like coursing with it like his it was blood just, was just bourbon he and didn't it was have like, any <laughs> just burning all the bacteria away um so yeah he came back night after night and then one night he came back and they were just like pounding him with with literal antifreeze and he finally crumpled to the floor so they were all just like holy shit i think we did it <laughs> high fives all <Yeah>. around <laughs> good job guys so they like felt his uh, neck for a pulse. Um, they like his breath was slow and labored and they were like, okay, we just got to wait out his death. And then finally there was, I guess, a long jagged breath and they thought it was like the death rattle and they were like, he's done. But then he began to snore Shut and the they were like, up. he's sleeping. And I guess they like went home and several hours later they came back and he had woken up and he went back to drinking. <laughs> he rubbed his eyes and said, quote, <laughs> give me <laughs> what? give me some of the old regular malad <laughs> <laughs> this guy's super bad i can't do an irish accent give me some malad 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 no just uh, just say it in german Bye. okay <laughs> so apparently he was like give me more of that antifreeze yeah okay so they were like pissed now because they were losing money because they're literally buying like rat poison and antifreeze and trying to pound him with alcohol and he's not dying. Maybe it's God's way of saying don't kill Stop someone. what you're doing. Okay, so Marina was like, shit, I'm literally going to go bankrupt. And then one of the guys was like, okay, I have an idea. Like we know this guy really likes seafood. So the idea was to drop oysters in denatured alcohol, let them soak for several days, and then while he was drinking, feed him the oysters. So... Basically, the guy was like, oh, anyone who does this, will uh, it will kill them because this guy, Pasquale, had done this before to people where he'd fed, well, which I guess is a thing back then. He, like, fed them oysters soaked in denatured alcohol and it killed them. Sure. Um, so Malloy ate each single one and washed them down with wood alcohol. <laughs> Just... This this sounds like that one night everyone has in high school where they just somehow were just magically drinking everything in sight and made it out alive i didn't drink in high school but i'm sure i had those in college i surrounded myself with a lot of people who drank a lot of things mm -hmm. you just witnessed it all as a third party yeah but i was the sober one who was like holy shit am i really seeing this and i couldn't get like a, another sober opinion it's like a miraculous <laughs> everyone else just has to trust that i'm telling them the truth yeah, about what happened you're the, the next voice day. of reason they're like i really drank that and i'm like i'm not kidding you drank so much wood alcohol and antifreeze <laughs> like i can't believe you're alive Ugh. and oysters soaked in why don't they just give them like paint thinner or something i mean they basically did they like, literally drano yeah bleach antifreeze it's like fuck it, i don't even know it will literally four percent of that in a glass of wine would make you go blind like you're done for and they were giving him shots of it like for days and rat poison shots i mean he was not dying basically he drank or he ate all these oysters um soaked in denatured alcohol and then washed them down with uh antifreeze and they were pissed so they after okay this is literally what happened they're playing pinochle which is i guess what they played back then it's like a card game or something right yeah um and i, cu I couldn't ask anyone though anymore because anyone who ever played that game is dead now yeah they're so. all, they're all <laughs> it's like if you remember playing with a hoop and a stick you're probably <laughs> dead <laughs> your name is tough tony and you uh had a hoop and stick as your entertainment god Anyway, um, so they were playing pinochle and waiting, and at the end, when he after he ate all the oysters, he just licked his fingers and belched, and then went home. And they were like, "God, like this guy will not die." 
So at this point, they had so many people on board that the amount of money, it was only 54000 in today's dollars. So the amount of people they had, they were like, it's not even worth like, right. murdering this guy for the money. But they had such like a pride thing about it. And they were like, he has to go. Which is so, like at this point, you have been given so many opportunities to walk away from something so exactly. morally wrong. Exactly. Like if I ever thought about murdering someone and then had a second chance to not do it. <laughs> And I could be like, "Ooh, I'm glad I like right. got out of that before it got really bad." I'm like, "Thank God the universe like stepped in and gave me a sign." And they were like, "No." Uh, the universe has given them like 10 days of right. signs so and far. And now it's not even the money that they're in for. They were just like, "This this guy's got to go." One of the guys uh, named Murphy decided to let a tin of sardines rot for several days. Then he mixed in some shrapnel, like pieces of Fuck. metal, sharp pieces of metal slathered the concoction between pieces of bread and served michael malloy the sandwich they thought he would eat the sandwich the metal would tear through his organs and kill him right he asked for the sandwich and asked if they had any more sandwiches now he's becoming my hero i know i told you (laughs) just put anything on on bread and i'll eat it i told you so then marino um or no i'm sorry marino recalled Pasqua, the, the Undertaker's success with that Mabel, the homeless woman, and was like, oh my god, why don't we freeze him to death? So what they did was that night, um, it was a negative 14 degree low that night in New York City, Fahrenheit. They decided to ice Malloy down um, and leave him outside overnight. So they tossed him in the back of their car, drove to a nearby park, lugged him through heaps of snow dropped him on a park bench, took off his clothes, and dumped bottles of water on his chest and head. Then Marino went back to his bar the next morning, opened up, and found Malloy (laughs) in the basement, half frozen. He had trekked the half mile back to the bar and somehow persuaded one of the guys to let him inside. He, When he finally woke up, he complained of a, quote, wee chill. I don't know why this guy's like... this. uh, Did you ever see that? It was I think it was from American Horror Story. But there's a gif of Emma Roberts in a red dress and she turns around. She's like, I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like... That is him. Yeah. Every that, day. She's like reincarnate of Michael Mullen. Right. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Okay, so that was December. Now, we're nearing February. So, two months later, he's uh-huh. been doing this every day. Every single they day. They have depleted all of their finances, probably, in alcohol. Alcohol, wood alcohol, rat poison. So, in February, another insurance payment was due, because they're still paying the premiums on this insurance, because they thought he'd be dead already, and uh, John McNally decided, let's run him over with a car. Good. I would, at this point. Yeah, like, why not? So they He'll probably live. I would just start placing bets and doing ridiculous, horrible things to him, and just see which one gets him. I think that would have been, like, the NBA version. Think of the money they could have made on people just, like, betting on watching this man not die. They probably could have become millionaires um so john john mcnally goes let's run him over with a car they had a friend named harry green who was a cab driver and he's like okay i'll run him over if you give me 150 (laughs) dollars okay okay so harry sounds like a cheapskate (laughs) yeah he sounds like a real winner so they all got into the cab with (laughs) malloy on their laps drunk like drunk out of his mind obviously and then they drove a few blocks away stopped they Dragged him out of the car, put him in the road, and started to just, like, drove at him. And I guess two times he leapt out of the way of the car, hammered out of his mind. Uh, on the third attempt, they decided to drive toward him at 50 miles per hour and hit him dead on. Fuck. Yeah. So they hit him. Then I guess they said they heard two thuds, like, of when he hit the car and then rolled up the top. Right. Then he was in the road, so they backed over him uh-huh. for good measure. There was a car coming toward them, so they, like, left the scene, and they were like, we got to get out of here. So they left, and they were like, thank God we finally did it. Right. So Joseph Murphy, who was the guy who said, like, he was uh, Nicholas Mellory's brother, the fake guy that they invented, Mm -hmm. who was going to call and be like, oh, no, my brother's dead. Right. Uh, He called every Morgan hospital in the area, attempting to locate his missing, quote-unquote, sibling. Uh, Nobody, no hospitals, no morgues had any information about like a fatal accident or uh you know an unidentified person and they were like that's weird five days later uh francis pasqua decided to find another drunk to kill good and play off as uh this guy but right before they were able to like pull that plan off uh 
<laughs> Michael Malloy uh, limped into the speakeasy. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Looking only slightly worse than usual. He he's the drunk Superman. Really, he yeah. had been in the hospital for several weeks with broken bones. He had broken many bones in his body. I think he was there for three weeks, and then probably he, felt none of the pain. He said he woke up and just wanted to go back to the bar. So he woke up and just basically like wandered back to the bar and was like hey i'm back and they were like what the fuck they were his actually they said his greeting when he walked in the bar was i sure am dying for a drink oh my god (laughs) um okay what how did he die one day all right let's like take a chill pill oh do you have the answer well if you're gonna ask me the question you might as well be prepared right Mm -hmm. sorry all right so he said i sure am dying for a drink and they said, he told this story to everybody in the bar. He said, he recalled the taste of whiskey, the cold slap of night air, the glare of rushing lights, then blackness. And next thing he knew, he woke up in a warm bed at Fordham Hospital. What the fuck? And he only wanted to get back to the bar. And they were like, God damn it, this oh. guy won't die. So on February 21st, so this is uh, seven months after they had first convened and decided to kill him. Michael Malloy finally died. How? In a tenement near 186th Street, less than a mile from the speakeasy. What they did, they were so desperate, they ran a rubber tube from a gaslight fixture to his mouth, <gasps> wrapped towels around it, what? tightly around his face, and just literally pumped gas. And within the hour, he was dead. Like gasoline? Just total gas, like from... Gas from a gas light. Oh, so oh, like wow. shit. Yeah, so they just pumped gas into his body. Oh my god. Even at that point I think God was like, let's fi- find out how he dies. Like, <laughs> like like even I don't know anymore. This game has to end. <laughs> um so they had a friend named Dr. Frank Manzella. Uh-huh. Who filed a phony death certificate uh citing lobar pneumonia as the cause of his death. So they were like, oh, okay, finally he's dead. We'll at least get our money, right? So they only received $800 because the insurance companies were like, well, we need to see the body, what's Mm -hmm. going on. So one company gave them $800. Uh, Murphy and Marino each spent their share on a new suit. Wow. I hope it was worth it. That must have been. Uh, So then Pasco went to Prudential, and he was like, I'd like to collect my money. My mom works for Prudential. (laughs) Hey, Linda. Way to, way to crack the case, guys. Shout out. <laughs> uh, so he arrived at Prudential and was like, I'd like to have the money for the policy. And the agent was like, well, when can I see the body? And he said, oh, we've already buried him. And somehow they were like, they reported this to the police because they were like, something is sketchy about this. And while they were investigating, the whole town, obviously, like you said earlier, was like spreading rumors about this guy who wouldn't yeah. die and... Like, people had heard about... Because they had involved so many people. And so everyone was like, oh, have you heard about this guy who won't die? And they've frozen him in the cold. And they've fed him (laughs) antifreeze. Like, he's a miracle. Uh, So the police were like, we got to check this out. So what they did was they um, heard about Mike the Durable, which is what they called him. uh, And they had the body exhumed and forensically examined... And they found out that he had indeed been murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then four of the men, so the original four who were part of this gang, were tried and convicted of first-degree murder. And uh, one reporter uh, wrote, perhaps the grinning ghost of Mike Malloy was present in the Bronx County Courthouse. And they were convicted of first-degree murder and were sent to the electric chair. Shit. At Sing Sing. And then the article that I read from Smithsonian, I can't take credit for this, but they wrote, they were sent to the electric chair at Sing Sing, which killed them all on the very first try. Uh, Good. (laughs) At least something killed someone on the first try. So poignant. (laughs) So. That's a great story. Crazy, right? Yeah. I don't know why more people don't know about him. It's all, I know. And it's all documented and it's like, what the fuck? He had to have had, like, pica or something, where, like, you just... Yeah! Like, like your body just, like, doesn't... Yeah. ...react. <laughs> okay. And then finally they were like, we'll pump literal fumes into your system from a gas lamp. 
mob mentality mm-hmm. is a real thing. Yeah. Money <laughs> so. is a fucking dangerous thing, too. <laughs> so that's the story of Mike Malloy. Wow. Happy St. Patty's Day, two weeks late. Yep. Thank you all for your support. Thank you for checking out our website and our Patreon. We are so happy that you guys are on board with us, and we can't wait to share our next stories with you. What else? Oh, the next listeners episode will be May 1st. Yeah. April 1st. May 1st. May 1st. May 1st. Sorry. I'm Yeah, it's April now. (laughs) And uh, that's why St. Patrick's Day, this was a little overdue for a story. I don't know numbers. Do you know what time it is in the world? No. All right. May 1st will be our next listeners episode. Thank you to everyone who wrote in stories for the April episode. Um... Please email your stories to us at and that's why we drink at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Please go look at our website because Christine tried very hard. Because <laughs> I need some validation. Thanks. Please go tweet Christine that she did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. And I guess that's it for this one. Yeah. Yeah. One day we'll learn how to end these. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's not today. Okay. And, and that's, that's why, why we drink. drink. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.